Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day. God is so good. I do want to thank, welcome everybody here uh, to the Village Church, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus in everything that we do. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. As you know, Pastor Alex is still on his sabbatical, uh, but we have Amos Williams here today, brother Amos Williams, uh, to, uh, to, uh, in the pulpit today, and so we're glad to have him here. Uh, if you are a guest today, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. Uh, there are guest information cards that are just on the little desk just outside the door right there. Uh, um, so uh, on your way out, if you could fill out one of those, we would be most appreciative of that. Um, as a way of showing love to your neighbor, we ask that everyone ages two and up wear a mask at all times while inside the building, whether you're vaccinated or not. This is a new uh, policy we just instituted this week. So we very much appreciate everybody uh, uh, being patient with us as we uh, try to navigate COVID. At the Village Church, we do believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. Uh, if you are interested in giving to our church, there are several ways. You can go to uh, our website, enterthevillage.net slash give, and there's a way to pay there, or you can send a check directly to the church, or you can leave a check uh, or money there at the end of the uh, of the sanctuary in the in the in the, uh, in the uh, place where we put it there um, we continue to have our corporate prayers on Wednesdays at seven o'clock if you're unable to attend in person uh, there's a zoom link that goes out every week uh, on, on flock note the deacon notes deacons are planning work nights uh, every Thursday evening in August from 5:30 to 7 to update, upkeep this facility and maintenance. Um, we're inviting men who would like to join for fellow laboring in fellowship. Kids are welcome to play on the playground. We'll also order pizza. Uh, for more details, contact the deacons, deacons at enterthevillage.net. We have an Enter the Village class that starts on September 25th at 9.15 a.m. It's going to meet in the annex. Uh, continues for five session. You can sign up uh, either out in the uh, Narthex out there, or you can email Cynthia at uh, enterthevillage.net. The class is required for membership, but it's also just for those who want to know more about the church. Uh, we are going to have a presentation on child protection on Saturday, August 21st, from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. here at the church. There's more information on the back of the bulletin here. Uh, so you can read about that there. Um, let's see. There was one other thing. Um, church work night. Yeah, it says August 5th in the bulletin. It's actually August uh, 12th. It's coming, coming Thursday and every Thursday in August. The Village Church Music and Media Team has the following current service opportunities. Singer, media, tech support, drummer, and bassist. For more information, please email patiences at intothevillage.net. So speaking of patience, thank you so much for your patience making it through all those announcements. Uh, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. 
Father God, I just uh, come to you now. Uh, even even now, I'm feeling a little uh, out of sorts, but all of us are coming here just seeking you. Father, I just pray for your shalom to fall on us. I pray for you to draw us into your presence. I pray that our praises will, uh, that you'll inhabit our praises, as the Bible says. Uh, Father, I just pray for your spirit to touch our hearts and our minds here today through our singing, through our prayer, through our Bible reading, through our preaching. Um, I also pray that there is anyone here who does not know you, Father, that they would come to know you today. So, Father, draw all of us into your presence. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning. If you would, please stand with me. We have come into this house and gathered in his name to worship him. Holy hands magnify his name and worship him. 
Rejoice, the Lord is king, your Lord and king adore. Rejoice, give thanks and sing, and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice. Rejoice, again I say, rejoice. His kingdom cannot fail. He rules over earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are to our Jesus given. Lift up your heart. Lift up your voice. Rejoice again, I say, rejoice. Amen.
Lord our Lord. Oh Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. God is so good. 
God is so good. God is so worships even when we don't feel like it. The rocks cry out when we're trying to decide whether or not we feel like it. And yet you continue to demonstrate your goodness and your kindness toward us because it's not predicated on anything that we do how good we are, how cute we think we are, how on time we are for church, how much we give or don't give, how much we love others. In fact, we love because you first loved us. How majestic is your name. How beautiful lovely, awesome, amazing, powerful is your name. 
And so in these few moments that we've had or we have together for the remaining of our time, Lord, again, we just ask you to move. Help us not miss it. Help us not miss you. Let's forget about ourselves. Not stuffing the stuff. We all have come in here with stuff. This morning, I just pray, God, that wherever we're seated in the seated in the room, seated in the room, as well as those who are watching this right now, um, or la- we'll watch it later, Lord. Like, I just pray that we just put our stuff on your on the altar before you, God, that you will help us cast our cares at your feet with confidence knowing that you care for us and that you will take care of those things you promise to do that for us exceedingly abundantly above anything that we can ask or think you would promise to provide for our needs according to your riches and glory you promise to prepare tables before us in the presence of our enemies you promise to walk with us when we're in the valley of the shadow of death and we don't have to fear because you are with us your rod and your staff they comfort us you promise your goodness follow us all the days of our lives so God I just pray you will help us as a body of believers as broken people coming together who have stuff happening in our lives and then we have to come in here and deal with each other's stuff God I just pray that you will help us remember that you are majestic and that you are indeed good. So, Lord, I love you. We love you. We adore you. We glorify your name. We say thank you. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please be seated. confession of faith uh, if you were listening earlier Richard already tipped you off to the answer if you've been here any time in the past you should know the answer to this question um, for our confession of faith today is what is the mission of the village church okay that should be embedded in our brains and our hearts by now uh, join with me now to read our morning scripture reading from Matthew 20, starting at verse 17. And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside. And on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, 
and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, We are able. He said to them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left hand is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Let's go to the reading of God's Word. Let's see. Okay, join me now for, for a prayer of supplication before we, before we have another song. Join with me. Father, we just sang a while ago that indeed you answer prayer. For that, we thank you. Uh, we don't talk to a stone wall or a, some idol that can't respond. We talk to you, the living God. And Father, uh, you know why we're here today. Uh, you know the agendas we have. And the agendas we have may not be your agenda, Father. Help us, Father, to set aside our agendas, uh, our preconceived notions, our desire to uh, serve ourselves and not others. Do not love you with all our heart, mind, and soul, to love our neighbor with our all our heart, mind, and soul. Uh, help us today as we worship together, fellowship with each other. You would grant us a desire to know you better, to love you more, uh, to serve you more from our hearts, Father. And Father, for those who struggle today, uh, whether it be recovering from COVID, whether it's recovering from surgery, their brother Dave Rigby is doing, for others who are recovering from different ailments and injuries, I just pray that you would, you are the great physician, and you have and you will heal. Uh, you can do that. You can use doctors, you can use nurses, you can use medication, uh, you can even use vaccinations. Father, you are the great physician, and we trust in you, Father, for healing, recovery, uh, for strength for the week ahead. And Father, for those who struggle with jobs, I uh, pray that you would encourage them. For those who 
struggle for shelter. I just pray that you would provide for them, Father. Give us wisdom in how we assist those who need shelter. Father, for the new school year, I pray for each student, each teacher, each parent as they encounter different things this school year with the COVID virus, with uh, different rules being set by different systems. I just pray that you would encourage us to uh, trust you the different things we have to go through, the hoops we have to jump through to uh, defeat this enemy called COVID. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would be with Alex as he's on sabbatical. He and his family, encourage them, give them the rest they need, uh, help them to be prepared to come back and uh, serve you, serve us, Father, in a fresh way this fall. And Father, I pray that as your word goes forth this morning, you would uh, anoint Amos to bring your word to us, by your Holy Spirit, Father, help us to uh, have our minds and our hearts engaged, Father, to understand your word, uh, to hear it, and desire to apply it, Father. We might learn from you today as your word goes forth. Prepare us uh, for this coming week and help us to thrive and um, flourish where you've placed us this coming week. Uh, we've all in different places. We have different influences around us. Uh, and we can influence those that others can't, Father. Help us be salt and light where you place us. And thank you that you will establish and complete the good work you've started in us as families, individuals, as a church. And Father, we give these prayers to you with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, looking forward to your blessing on the rest of this service. In Christ's name, amen. Gladly bearing 
of the Lord again on another Lord's Day, gather with my brothers and sisters in Christ as we exalt and exult in our God. So I want to do a couple of things before we get into the sermon. Um, 
Many of you guys know I've been here at the Village Church since uh, maybe the end of 2014, uh, beginning of 2015. And I've been on this journey, this trajectory toward uh, licensure and ordination. Uh, Thankfully, by the grace of God, I went before the Providence Presbytery on this past Tuesday and was approved for ordination. You can clap for that. All of you know (laughs) the trials and tribulations, we just call it trials and tribulations, that uh, me and my family, my wife, uh, had to go through three and a half years of seminary, uh, driving about two hours uh, one way every day for three and a half years, tons of study, doing that while also trying to fulfill uh, my duties, which I, I hate calling them duties because it's a, it's a joy. Uh, to, I had to fulfill my joy here at the church uh, while, again, uh, trying to juggle being a husband and father. Um, but with that being said, again, I was cleared for ordination this past Tuesday, and thankfully, Uh, Two Sundays from now, on August 22nd, uh, we will be having an ordination service here at the Village Church. Uh, So uh, you guys are invited out to celebrate with us. There will be more details, forthcoming time, and all of that good stuff uh, will be forthcoming. Uh, But I do want to thank you all, Village Church faithful, for allowing me to use you as my guinea pigs. It has been my great joy to be a mad scientist of sorts, uh, to kind of get things worked out, and the Lord has graciously brought us to this point. All right, so with that said, uh, again, the text that we will be uh, opening today is Matthew uh, chapter 20, and we're going to be looking at verses uh, 17 through 34. Uh, So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open up there and let's go to our Lord in a word of prayer. Father, what amazing uh, works you do in creation. You have revealed yourself to be a God who is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You keep steadfast love for thousands. You forgive iniquity and transgression and sin. But you will by no means clear the guilty. And God, since that is your character, we put our hope and our faith and our trust in you today. Lord, you have revealed yourself through your word. And I pray that in this moment, you would continue to do that through the power of your spirit. Spirit, Unplug deaf ears, open up uh, blind eyes to the truth of your gospel. Spirit, you take these words and make them impactful and meaningful. Begin the process of new birth. And Lord, draw us all, even, even those of us who have already believed to faith and repentance in light of the truth of your gospel. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. 
and glory and honor. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that I do pray. Amen. Be careful what you ask for, because you just might get it. You've likely heard this phrase before. This phrase is meant to be a warning of sorts. It's a warning meant to help us to check our desires and to help us keep our desires in check. And my brothers and sisters, uh, the Christian life is a journey of highs and lows when it comes to our desires. Second Corinthians chapter five tells us that because we are united with Christ, we are new creatures. We are new creations. The old has passed away and behold, all things are new. But the Bible also demonstrates to us that the Christian life is not a life of sinless perfection, perfection. The Apostle Paul in chapters 6 and 7 of Romans, wrestles with the constant battle that our flesh has with sin and evil. One of my favorite singers, the gospel singer Donnie McClurkin, sings a song that, that captures the ups and downs of the Christian life. The song says, we fall down, but we get up. For a saint is just a sinner who fell down. And got up. There's a lot of truth in that message. Martin Luther declared that as the sons and daughters of King Jesus, the people of God are simul justus et peccator. Excuse my Latin. I don't uh, use that every day. Simul justus et peccator, which means that we are simultaneously sinner and saint. Because we have been declared righteous by God because of the righteousness of Christ that has been imputed to us. Jesus takes our sin upon himself at Calvary and we are given the status of righteous before God because of Christ's righteousness applied to us. And because of our ever-present battle with sin, it's a reality, it's an ongoing reality. Our motivations, our ambitions can be tainted. Sometimes our desires can cause us to seek God. They can cause us to seek the Lord with our own selfish ambitions in mind instead of the glory of God. At times we seek God for his stuff while having little interest in God himself. But thanks be to God that our text today demonstrates that the Lord Jesus has the supernatural ability to look beyond all of our faults to see our needs. I think I want to say that again. The Lord Jesus looks beyond your faults and he sees your needs. Uh, my preaching professor, Dr. Robert Smith Jr. would say I'm Trinitarian, so I got to say it three times. The Lord Jesus looks beyond all of our faults to see our ultimate need. God knows how to redirect our misguided ambitions and use them for his glory. 
Our text today begins with Jesus foretelling his own death. In verse 17, Matthew writes, And as Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside, and on the way he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes. And they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. My brothers and sisters, this is the third time that the Lord Jesus has prophesied or foretold his own death in Matthew's gospel. The other occurrences are in Matthew 16 and Matthew 17, if you want to go look them up. Jesus foretells his death with incredible accuracy. Jesus knew that his death and resurrection were the, were the most important thing that he could do. And he says that it is this reason, his death and his resurrection, it is this reason that he came into the world in verse number 28 of this chapter. Jesus goes to Jerusalem knowing that he would be killed. And not only would he be killed, but he would be embarrassed. He would be mocked and shamed by crucifixion. Cursed is the man who hangs upon a tree. But again, this did not deter Jesus because he knew that this was the most important thing. It was the reason that Jesus came. My brothers and sisters, think about it this way. If Jesus doesn't go to Jerusalem, he doesn't get betrayed. If he doesn't get betrayed, he doesn't get brought up on trumped up charges. If Jesus doesn't get brought up on trumped up charges, then there's no trial. If there's no trial, then there's no crucifixion. If there's no crucifixion, then there's no substitutionary sacrifice. And I'm reminded of the book of Leviticus that says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no forgiveness of sin. So if there is no substitutionary sacrifice, there is no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus knew that his death and resurrection was the most important thing. This is why Jesus in uh, chapter 16 of Matthew's gospel, why he rebuked Peter so, so strongly, even called him Satan. Because my brothers and sisters, think about it. Where would we be if Jesus had given Peter what he wanted instead of what he needed? My brothers and sisters, where would we be if the Lord only gave us what we wanted instead of what we need? We see next in our passage how this plays out. Jesus looks beyond all of our faults to see our ultimate need. Look at me. Look at uh, verses 20 and 21 with me. Matthew writes, then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? 
she said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. Now, my brothers and sisters, there is a lot happening in these two verses, so much that I could actually preach an entire sermon on just these two verses alone, but I'm not going to do that. But first of all, who has a mom like this? This is just like my mom. My mom is the one like on the soccer field, like, you better not get too close to my baby, you know. Or my mom would definitely make things happen by any, any means necessary to take care of her children. And so before we start to judge this woman, let's take a moment to appreciate that she is probably doing her best to be a good mom. This mother, although she was a bit misguided, clearly wanted what was best for her two sons. She was also reverent and respectful of Jesus as the Davidic Messiah. And that is demonstrated by the fact that she knelt before Jesus and she also believed that he would reign over a kingdom. In verse 21, Jesus asks James and John's mother the pivotal question, what do you want? Such a simple question, yet so profound. James and John desired a place of honor in the Lord's kingdom, but their understanding of the kingdom was still warped and their motivations were misguided. Like many of you sitting in this room today, I have small children. I have two boys. Caleb is five and Christian is three. I love my boys. I do. But sometimes I have to be the bad guy in their eyes. Because sometimes they ask for things that aren't necessarily good for them. They ask for things that they might not necessarily need. Things that could do more harm to them than good. And as their dad, I have to let them know that we can't eat McDonald's every day of the week because it's bad for their health. And food like McDonald's is why their dad weighs over 200 pounds right now. I'm only 5'9". That's a lot of weight. Now, my boys, they, they want these things, but they can't see the consequences. I can see the consequences of their request that they themselves cannot see. They simply don't know what it is they're asking for. And in verse 22, Jesus tells James and John the same thing, that they did not know exactly what they were asking for. Their request was loaded with unforeseen consequences. So Jesus asks them if they were able to drink of the cup that he was going to drink. And they answered, we are able. And the cup here signifies divinely appointed destiny. Now the cup in scripture could be positive or negative, but in this case, 
Jesus was referring to the cup of suffering that he was getting prepared to endure. Jesus prays in Matthew 26, verse 39, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then in verse 42 of the same chapter, Jesus continues, My father, if this cup cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. So this cup that Jesus is referring to here, he was speaking of the sins of the world that he was preparing himself to bear. It was a cup of suffering. And Jesus tells James and John in verse 23, you will, in fact, drink my cup. And James and John would endure the suffering of the cause of Christ. Acts Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 tell us that Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Church history records that John was boiled alive by the Roman emperor Domitian because of his faith. Now, although John survived being boiled alive... He later writes in the book of Revelation from the island called Patmos. And Patmos was an island that was designated for those who had been exiled from the kingdom. So James and John drank from the cup of suffering and persecution just like our Lord said they would. Again, my brothers and sisters, be careful what you ask for. Because you just might get it. Now in the second half of verse 23, Jesus begins to redirect James and John's ambition. Jesus tells them, to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. Jesus redirects their Ambition by modeling his submission to the will of the Father. Now, my brothers and sisters, I want you to remember that Peter, James, and John were part of Jesus' inner circle. They were with Jesus when he was transfigured. And John, in particular, is referred to as the beloved disciple. So if Jesus was going to establish a kingdom, it would only seem right that he take care of his best friends, right? But instead of granting them a superficial place in a temporal kingdom, Jesus displays humility by submitting to the will of the Father. In verse 24, we get to see how the other disciples reacted to the request that was made by James and John. Let's look at verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. I think they were upset because they got beat to the punch. Or perhaps it was jealousy because they actually thought Jesus was going to grant them their request because of this special relationship uh, 
that they had with the Lord Jesus. For whatever reason, uh, they were angry. Jesus perceived their anger, and he perceived what was going on. And so Jesus applies the humility and submission that he had to the will of the Father to his disciples. Let's look at verses 25 through 28. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, the kingdom of God flips leadership on its head. And earlier in chapter 20, Jesus says, So the, the last shall be first, and the first will be last. So in the kingdom, the word servant proceeds the word leader. In the kingdom, the way up is down. The way to get to God, closer to God, is to go on your knees. The way up is down. And this makes the the ground at the foot of the cross completely level for everybody. In the kingdom of God, no one gets to lord authority over anyone because there is only one Lord. And this Lord who is the Lord of the entire universe, chose to humble himself and die on a cross to make you and I free. Now, as we look at these last verses, I want you to see how these last verses demonstrate to us how to actually approach the Lord with our requests the right way. Let's look at verses 29 through 34 all together. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? Sounds familiar, huh? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. Don't miss that. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. So these two blind men, they cried out to Jesus with a request, just like James and John and their mother. Jesus' response to these blind men was similar to his response to James and John. In verse 32, Jesus asks them, what do you want me to do for you? And their request was, my brothers and sisters, don't miss this, Lord. Let our eyes be opened. We'll come back to that in a second. 
Verse 34 tells us that Jesus, filled with compassion, the ESV uh, says uh, that he had pity on them, uh, but the Greek has the force of, uh, of showing and demonstrating that Jesus was so filled with tenderness, he was so filled with compassion that it, that it led him to action. So he touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. Now, really quickly, I I want to compare and contrast James and John's request to the request of these blind men. In both instances, reverence was given to Jesus as the Davidic Messiah who would establish the kingdom of God. And in both scenarios, faith in the Lord Jesus is shown. The difference is what each party requested. James and John and their mother wanted glory. These blind men wanted mercy. So my question for you today, my brothers and sisters, is what do you want from the way? Do you want glory or do you want mercy? Do you want God's benefits or do you want God and his benefits? So let's look again at verse 33. Uh, because I told you we'd look at it again. And I truly believe that there's a, there's a double meaning to their request. Uh, the blind men ask Jesus, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah chapter 29 that the deaf will hear and the eyes of the blind shall see. But Isaiah was referring to salvation. So Jesus is fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy here. And so perhaps just like James and John, these blind men did not know exactly what they were asking for. Perhaps they only had their physical sight in mind, but I'm sure that the Lord Jesus had more in mind than their physical eyes being opened. And after Jesus healed him, they began to follow him. And the Greek word translated here as follow is likely used to show that these blind men became Jesus' disciples. So not only were their physical eyes opened, but their spiritual eyes were opened also to the truth of the gospel. The record of James and John and the record of these two blind men demonstrate how Jesus has a supernatural ability to look beyond all of our faults to see our ultimate need, which is salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord cares about his children. He takes care of us. He provides for our needs according to his riches and glory. That's Bible. But my brothers and sisters, what do you want from the Lord? Do you want his stuff without him? Because I'll tell you that Jesus and what he can do for you are a package deal. If you want God to bless you and if you want God to favor you, you have to receive him. There is no dichotomy in God. Who he is is so closely related to what he does that they are virtually indistinguishable. So you have to take all of God because he requires all of you. And my brothers and sisters, God wants to bless you. He wants to make you the object of his love. He wants to favor you as his beloved son or daughter. But this is no guarantee of a prosperous life, but it is a guarantee 
of eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, my brothers and sisters, whether you are a believer or are not yet a believer, will you put your faith in him? Will you trust him? Will you repent and believe the truth of the gospel? My brothers and sisters, I encourage you to give the Lord Jesus a chance to meet the need that nothing else in this world can fulfill. Allow the Lord Jesus to surprise you. Before Alex, uh, Pastor Alex, before he left, he asked a question that has stuck with me, that has resonated with me. When was the last time that you allowed the Lord Jesus to blow your mind? That resonated with me. Because we go about our lives and we've got all the answers, right? I think 2020 threw a monkey wrench in that, right? Monkey wrench. I can't believe I just said that. I think my mom's aura just jumped into me or something. I don't know. Monkey wrench. It's not even in my vocabulary. But the Lord Jesus, he wants to prosper us. And this is not some phony, fake prosperity gospel. He wants to give you him. There's nothing greater. There is nothing more powerful. There is nothing more relevant than the Lord Jesus and the benefits that you get from being connected to him because you become a beloved son or daughter of the king of the universe. Who cares if you're connected to the president? Who cares if your dad was on the Supreme Court of Alabama or the United States Supreme Court? Our God rules and super rules the entire cosmos. And he wants you to be the object of his love. That's mind-blowing that while Jesus was on the cross, he was on the cross for the glory of God, no doubt. That was his primary reason for being on the cross. But he died for your sins. You, you, you. You were on his mind. It blows my mind. I can't even, do, I can't even chew gum and walk at the same time. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, if you are a believer, continue in faith and repentance to the Lord Jesus. If you have not yet believed, I beg, I plead, I am desperate for you to place your faith in the Lord Jesus. Because he loves you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want more of you. So, Lord, take more of us. Help us, Spirit, to live Godward lives. On a daily basis, Lord. We get to experience your 
new mercies. And so in light of that, Lord, help us to die daily. Help us to be renewed daily as we look to you. Lord, we want more of your presence, more of your spirit. We want to be conformed to the image of the Son. Grant us that, Lord. It is in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, I don't have a bulletin. Is it the benediction? Okay, great. Just needed to make sure. I didn't want to cut in on your singing time. Man, wasn't worship great today? Man. So good. So good. Well, let's stand for the Lord's benediction. All right, beloved, please receive the Lord's benediction as we go as his people into the world to share uh, his gospel and to be salt and light. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please greet one another with the socially distant elbow.